Welcome to another episode of Middle Age Metalheads. Tonight is a listening party featuring Def Leppard's Pyromania album. I'm with John Harden, David Timoney, and Michael Stamps. Ooten, Glotten, Gleeton, Globin. Oh, who's Michael's riffing there for us? So he's Starts he's he's, he's he's ready to go with the Def Leppard. Well, as we were drinking him, <laughs> right? Of course, of course. Oh, there's somebody. <laughs> go, David. <laughs> If you're playing the home game, it's now time to uncork your whiskey bottles and find your Spotify, pull up Pyromania, and we're going to count it down or up or whatever direction we're counting, and then we're going to start to analyze each track as we listen to it. So who, uh, I think, Michael, you, you have been designated as the countdown slash up person. Yes. Um, I, I, I don't know. Did we want to like say a little something about this particular record? Like why, why we're listening to this record in particular, what it means to us. I know when we, uh, you know, when, when John first, uh, you know, talked about his most essential metal record, it, it was this record. It was, but, yeah, uh, this, this is the first metal record that I really got into. It's not the first one I bought. The first one I bought was metal health, but this was probably second. Around maybe around second, this or out of the cellar, but I remember playing this album a lot, a lot, a lot. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and I, uh, I still do. If I'm going to listen to Def Leppard, this is the one I put on. Yeah, and 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 I'll I'll tell you like a funny story about this. And going back, and I was listening to it on the vinyl today, because um, I when I bought it, of course, I had it on cassette, and I'd, I'd put it in my jam box and do my homework at my desk before I'd go out and play Nerf football with the guys and stuff. But uh, because of the way the record was uh, was you know presented on the cassette, I got the, the first side and the second side mixed up. So like it, <laughs> so like I, I would I would always like rewind it and start off with like fooling, rock of ages, coming under fire, action not words. Billy's got a gun. So for me, that was always like side one because that those are the songs fooling and rock of ages that we'd be seeing on MTV all the time. And I would rewind that side, rewind that side relentlessly. And then I would like, all right, well maybe I'll play the second half. <laughs> photographs actually, on, photographs which, on your new side too. <laughs> exactly. And so yeah. it was, again, so I got it all turned around really weirdly in my head. But uh, again, there was just, but it was it, 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 absolutely right. It was one of the first albums I had as far as my metal evolution goes right there with like metal health and uh, out of the cellar uh, right out the gate and uh, or with, uh, you know, Motley Crue's uh, shout at the devil or, um, you know, uh, defenders of the faith by Judas priest. Those are just like, those are like de rigueur. You had to have those in seventh grade, South Valley high and Gilroy. That was like, you had to get that to just get on campus and be with the cool kids. <laughs> but, uh, this album exploded. And I, and again, with, with all the sort of thrust that we get from MTV and all the other bands, like we just mentioned, um, these, this music begins to kind of like cross over and the popularity of it begins to kind of transcend uh, wh whatever sort of genre Le uh, Def Leppard started off as. If they were like a Nuobum band, if they were like a hard rock, heavy metal band, now they were like top 40 because that's, that's what this album ended up being as, as it went uh, 10 times platinum. Yeah, at the time, Pyromania sold six million copies. It was selling more than a hundred thousand a week. Which, I mean, back when that was released, that's a lot. It's yeah. a lot of albums, and it only ever went to number two on the Billboard charts because of Thriller. Thriller stayed number one long enough to keep Pyromania at bay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rock of Ages went to number twelve, and no, sorry, Photograph went to number twelve, and Rock of Ages went to number sixteen. Yeah. So Colin and David, you guys have any specific memories of growing up with this record? Yeah, well, I had it. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. You're older than me. <laughs> well, <laughs> since I'm older than you, I had it on vinyl. I didn't uh, I didn't start with it on cassette. I started with it on vinyl, uh, bought it uh, when it came out. And uh, it, I, 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 I overused the word awesome, but I'm going to have to use it again. 
I just think it's an amazing effort, awesome effort from start to finish. It, I, there's no weak tracks. You can sing along. You can crank the shit out of it. it yes. It's it's just a great a great release that has very and I love the lyrics. I think there's a lot of really cool lyrics on this album. You don't get some of those albums uh, back in the '80s that had interesting lyrics or deep lyrics. I think there's some really neat storytelling in this album, and I think there's some really really cool ways that they they brought about the the visions you would have in your head when you listen to the music. Did you see this tour, Colin? No, I hadn't. I was I was a sophomore in high school, so I wasn't uh, out uh, doing concerts at that time. Yeah, we were too young to see this one. The the deluxe version of Pyromania that came out a couple of years ago has a great live record as its as its companion record from the Forum okay. in 1983 in L.A. and it is good, really good. Yeah, yeah. David, what do you what do you got to say about Pyromania? Uh, I mean, I, I mean I t- I've told you this. This is the the one record I bought, the first record I bought with my own money. This and Men at Work Cargo, um, and I'll tell you, I wore out Men at Work Cargo. I think I joined their fan club that year and got a nice I got a nice letter from them on Men at Work Letterhead, um, thanking wow. me thanking me for writing them a letter. Um, I did not write a letter to Def Leppard. Uh, my neighbor got really into them like really, really into them to the point that it like made me not really want to be into them. Um, bought like the records before then. And then like his mom really got into it. So like the two of them would like crank the records like around the house. And then next thing you know, she got him into Bruce Springsteen and it was just mayhem after that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think we're, we're, we're probably ready to, uh, probably get started to to listen to the record um if we, everybody is synced up in a way i'm listening to amazon music unlimited not saying that because we get any sort of points from them but, you're welcome uh, amazon they're a good service um uh, but uh if everybody's all queued up we'll just do the uten glotten gleeten globin and yeah, on the globin just use just use oh, oh, well, how, just how about we start with how about on three the first track and with the first track, we'll just start first with rock, the rock, real rock, first track. Rock, rock till you drop uh-huh. on three. One. Which, wait, wait, wait. Which, which for the record, kids, if you're listening at home, which we hope you are, this is how you open an album, by the way. All albums should open with this type of opening where you it, it hits you hard right the moment you drop the needle. I thought that was fooling. I always thought fooling was how you'd open the album. But I'm not lying. You'd be right. You'd be right. <laughs> All right, Michael. We're ready. So when I on say three. when I say three, press play. One, two, three. Stay right there. Get down. I'm telling you, you, you need somebody needs to write it down for every band for the rest of time. Open so what, do you, what are you hearing? You hear you hear some keyboard beds in there. You're hearing some drums. A lot of, man. A lot of oh, keyboards. It's the and power it, of the drums, though. Yeah, it's I, the, the, I forgot about this like jangly guitar sound. Like I attribute that jangly guitar sound to hysteria, and I forgot nope. that they've sure. been doing it. You yeah. can probably attribute it to Butt Lang. Yeah, yeah and, probably. And I, and I think that the, the, the whole album opener part there is basically a Butt Lang sort of sequence to kind of build up a little drama for what is otherwise a great sort of like adrenaline-filled like rock song. And, and, and Joe Elliott's like just vocals are like right there just screaming and I have to like check on the AZ lyrics like what the hell is he singing about <laughs> anything goes we get women they open their right they open this tour with that song as well yeah no it's 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 a ball buster of a song that's for damn sure yeah it's uh yeah I know, we've talked like, about this before. This this production compared to Hysteria, I think, blows Hysteria out of the water. Yeah, and, and this it sounds like a rock record. And and, and even as you say that, John, I, th- this was like one of the things that people were, were like very divided about. They were either it was too slick, in the sense that it just like everything about it was too perfect, or people just like. How do we get our records to sound yeah. like this? Um, because again, there's there's definitely something different going on here. And if anybody knows anything about Mutt Lang, Mutt Lang goes back to 
you know, Highway to Hell, Black in, uh, Back in Black. So he, he knows how to like make hard rock bands melodic and, 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 and push like, you know, good three and a half minute rock songs, which this that, is. I think the production changed after this album because of, of Rick's accident. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's yeah. definitely a part of it. But also, I think you, can only, you can only blame so much on that. I, I kind of agree with that, too, David, because it came at a time in the late 80s where a lot of things have sort of the sound of hysteria, just not maybe in a rock and roll way. Yeah. And, 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 very, and very glossy production. But, but if, you, if you listen to the solos here coming from Steeman Steve Clark, because that's how he's credited on the album, <laughs> Steeman Steve Clark. Um, and Phil Collin, of course, joined the band after a lot of the album had already been written and recorded um, because, of course, he he joined one of those bands where it's like, oh, you're the alcoholic, and they had to kick Rick Willis out. <laughs> it's like you, you won the Steve Adler Award there. Steve yeah. Willis. <laughs> and if you're the alcoholic in a rock band, you're working really hard. Yeah. yeah. But if you're, and if you're getting kicked out, what, what are you doing wrong? Yeah. But uh, th- this was a record. This 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 particular song was one that you would still hear on the radio. They never released it as a single, but uh, what once this album got like all the fooling and the photograph and the Rock of Ages out, you know the FM programmers were pushing this one too. Um, yeah, I'll tell you, you what. Could, you could tell why. This I mean this song for a lot of bands would be considered the filler on their record, but it's a good tune. You know, yeah. I, it's. It doesn't have the shortcomings of filler, but it's not one of the hits. Yeah. Right. It's a good I like, I like the guy talking at the end, a little bit of a little bit of jabbering going on. I always thought that was neat. Yeah, the little production touches there. Again, mm-hmm. courtesy of Mutt Lang. And then again, the riffs here that open photograph and then the drums with that you know it's fucking this perfect. This is my favorite <laughs> Def Leppard song. Oh my Somebody get him a tissue. Dude, this this song <laughs> like an old sock. It, it's impossible to tear down. I mean, this go, was the go first ahead, single from, from from the album. And this is what got me hooked on Def Leppard. This song is fucking perfect. You know what they've got as far as as for like a like a band chemistry thing is they have a bass player who doesn't mind essentially being invisible. Right? Yeah. Like if, if he wasn't playing, you would notice he's missing. But when he is playing, you don't notice he's there. Yeah. And there's completely nothing wrong with that. It's really important. Like, you listen to even, you know, the drums, they're not phenomenal. He just doesn't make mistakes. Like, that's what you want in a rhythm section. You know what I mean? Like, that first song and now this song, the kick, the snare, the bass, just locked in, keeping everything going. The harmonies. Yeah, and it's all about the harmony vocals that are just kind of like all over this record and, of course, Hysteria. But again, it's like the song builds and builds, like from the, the verses to the chorus. And, and again, the, the little the little revving guitar uh, riff that we get there. Maybe to David's point, though, and, and John's point, too, it's like nobody stands out. Nobody stands out. It's like a band effort, kind of like nobody stands out in Huey Lewis in the news. Like everyone just kind of like, does, you know, nobody stands out in Ario Speedwagon. Everybody just does their part, and it's like, it's good stuff all together. And again, well, they've got. I mean, this cat, signature cat, catchy songs. That catchy signature songs. chorus harmony sound that they have. You heard it in yeah. Rock Up Till You Drop. You hear it in yeah. Photo. You hear it the whole record. But what it does, it's like you got, it's like I said, like the foundation of that, like very straightforward bass and drums on the bottom end. And that high vocal harmony leaves so much room in the middle of the range for the guitar players. To, like, there's times that, like, it, it, when that guitar was doing that revving section, the only thing the drums were doing is snares. No right. kick, no yeah. cymbals. Like, right here, completely empty yeah. while he's holding that note out. Yeah, and, and and again, that, that's that's a great observation, David. Because I think when you listen to like a lot of the better Def Leppard songs, there is a, 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 a you could hear the the spaces between the notes, and that's what do you do between the spaces in the notes? Rock out. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're, you're not like it's not like it's not driving too hard. It's not trying to fill up every little gap. It's like it's it's, it's stripped down and yet it's really plush. And can we give some love to the cowbell, please? We got cowbell. Yes. I mean, cowbell in here. Who, who, yeah. who in, their, in their second big release is like throwing some cowbell to our ass? Yeah. No, I mean, but it's even that is like it's not overstated. The the amount of space they leave when you listen to bands these days, they are all fighting for the middle third of the bandwidth. They're all like trying to get like you hear like bands these days like too much squeal too much this too much chunk too much like middle of the range these guys leave a lot of space and i think that that shows their trust but it also shows kind of their discipline they leave a lot of room for each other to do the stuff and and there's there's no uh uh, understanding the influence of the the video that accompanied this song when it was released um, with the Marilyn Monroe uh, references, right, right, right. And, and, and again, that uh, I think wasn't there like a switchblade? Yeah, there's like three switchblades that like go down <laughs> in succession. There, it's uh, it's really kind of like a lot of their videos we would say are kind of corny now, but uh, they were they they filled with like a lot of great imagery. And then here comes stage fright with a little sort of crowd intro. Why isn't this the the album opener, opener. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's, and it's, but the it's shortest, not. It's the shortest song on the album, too, by the way. And it's still three minutes and forty-five seconds. That's another thing I liked about this album. They didn't cheat us on any of these songs. It is. They, yeah, they, I, they, I they, they committed to a nice long. long album. But you know yeah. what, Colin? That that being said, some of those songs on the records we've done before, some of those Skid Row songs were shorter than this and seem to go on forever. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 for damn sure. I'd have to say, like this, this is a song that that I, I totally love, but uh, um, if, if you had to like throw one song overboard, it might be this one. It, 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 it <laughs> definitely it, it definitely goes the sort of like, you know, the rough, rough, rough verse to the really sweet uh, harmonies of the of the chorus and then it kind of like gets back into that uh, that vibe it's again i love it now but i think that maybe that's why i had like the the sides reversed uh back in 83 <laughs> but uh it's a great song i liked it because i thought the harmonies i just there's so much harmony on this album which is nice it's just pleasing to the ears to hear guys sing together yeah. well yeah and and again that's uh, just a great sort of like studio confection that uh, that Mutt Lang has given us, and, and and again, that's not saying anything derogatory. It's that's what makes these songs melodic, easy to rock out to, really easy to just enjoy, which is the whole friggin' point of music after all. I thought, you know, we could like throw in some Cookie Monster vocals here, or just like distort all the guitars, take a little bit of the blues out of it, as. Uh, I'm gonna say Steam and Steve Clark is ripping through this solo here. <laughs> I, I, I I haven't listened to this record enough to tell the difference between Steve Clark or uh, the Phil Collins pieces. Well, I think I think the Phil Collins pieces. Well, actually, most of the rhythm guitar was recorded before Phil Collins got there. He re-recorded okay. some of it, but yeah. uh, they recorded it with Pete Willis primarily, and then he split. Right. Um, so the, I so think most of the big solos are Steve Clark. And we talked yeah. about this in an episode before where Dave was like, and he mentioned it briefly here, is that they give each other space to work and no one overshines another one. But if you isolate Steve Clark, he's a fucking ripping guitarist. And we talked yeah. about it at the time. Like, mm-hmm. he had a signature model. And like David said at the time, guitar companies don't just hand those out like candy. Like, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and not and not a freaking Gibson Les Paul, right? But Zach Wilde's Zach Wilde's got an Epiphone, all right? <laughs> Production you, model. If, if if you sell ten million records, they're gonna like try to you know like yeah. you know. Yeah, you know, I, I mean I'll, I'll try tell to you, hitch their wagon to you. The instrument companies know, know nothing about guitars about record sales. They want to know if you're gonna sell instruments. <laughs> right. And, well, you know, yeah, I'm sure you have to have the talent. You have to have a look. He had both. Uh, but and he was in a guys, big band. Now I think you, you nail it. It's like he when you talk about this band, people in the industry 
recognize the guys in this band. They recognize that they're playing. I think the bass player's got a, uh, an endorsement with Jackson, I think. Yeah, Rick Savage. Okay, so we come to uh, Too Late for Love, which is the obligatory, at this point, we'd have to say, ballad. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Too Late for Love was the fourth single from the record. Right. Um, either and it didn't the, do that well. I mean, it was maybe only released in the UK or maybe no. in America. I remember there was, but it was it was definitely being played. They didn't make a video for this one. Uh, I didn't. I didn't look at this as the ballad. I really didn't. Photograph is the ballad. To me, oh, no. photograph rocks though. This photograph is rocks. Ballads can rock. It's a power. Ballad. Ballad, exactly. Because if this, you this to went lyrics, to number nine on the mainstream rock chart in the U.S. Too late, too late. The song, I don't David, could you ballad. sing along with, for, with it a little bit? How about oh, we all no, harmonize? Never mind, I'll listen. <laughs> okay, so, so so for the next chorus, we're all harmonizing for it. See, see if we're on. See if we're synced up. God, this is a bad idea. <laughs> Come on, everybody's doing it. <laughs> it's a good. The thing is, they're good songs that you can hear and you can connect things that come later to these songs. Like you can, this is one of those records where you can make really clear. Like it was just. I told you we're gonna sing the chorus, bitches. You're ahead of me, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think oh. I had. I had a, so so anyway, you can got you can listen to this record, and you can hear the direct influence on songs that came years later. Like even st- a stage fright is on, and I'm like, this sounds like it sounds like Danger Zone. But, but again, I want I, I want to go back to like that's the not call. their fault. What, what what Colin pointed out to is like there there's definitely like some like attention to the lyrics here that kind of help. Uh, sort of like flesh out the, the the atmosphere of the song. There's there's a narrative here, with like some clear imagery, and it, and it kind of goes with like the haunting music. It's it's something about this this time, this place where it's too late. Standing by the trapdoor, aware of me and you, the actor and the clown, they're waiting for their cue, and there's a lady over there. Are we queued up? She's lady over there, and that's She's what I was saying. Right. I'm gonna jump in. When it comes to playing live, she always plays the fool. Oh my gosh! And what I was saying was, yeah. I don't. When you look at the lyrics, I just don't look at this as a ballad. There's a oh. lot. Of, there's a lot of depression to this song. There's a lot of of, of, of sadness to this song. I don't oh. think it's a ballad. Oh, but it, all ballad, ballads don't have to be like uh, love songs, Colin. Oh, I, okay. I would this consider. I, I, I would consider like. Uh, Know, fade to black a, a ballad a power ballad and it's Maybe. not about it's not about kissing and hugging ladies choice i'm, I'm defining nice. ballad by the purpose couple of... skate <laughs> all right we'll move on couple skate only <laughs> it's i mean but but again like this if this song was filler i think any band would be happy to have this song be filler this this could be if you're vandenberg this is your only hit <laughs> right, it's like, whoa got that 30 cent royalty coming in from you know xm radio cool but this again it's uh they were hitting on all cylinders here i think creatively you know in terms of like the lyrics they're writing create creatively creatively that's the wrong it's a nice little it's a nice little foreshadowing of records to come that little break they did before they come back when they came out of that section and into the uh, into the final chorus to the fade, those breaks like we hear that like many records later and it kind of becomes like a little a little signature thing for, for Def Leppard we hear it in Hysteria but it's nice, I mean it's I, I've never li- had a close listen on this record but hearing the, the, the room that they give for each other is really impressive and I, and I never really gave them much credit Die Hard and the we, And then we get the earlier version of one. Yes. So Die Hard the Hunter comes now. Everyone's queued up. You hear the sort of like machine guns and the the Hueys uh, kind of whirring overhead. And are we in Vietnam? Is this, is this like a... And read the lyrics. Deep, deep story. 
Oh, wait, hold on. I can put it in lyrics mode. Oh. And or Michael sh- can just sing it to you. No, please don't. Shotgun! See, there you Jeez. go. That part. I'm not... You're like, you're like five seconds ahead of me, Michael. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. I will slow down. I'll go back in time. Don't do that. Don't do that either. Just, just are, are we going to get another commercial jumping in on us, David? <laughs> What's that? You, are we going to get a Spotify commercial? No, I'm on Amazon Music, dude. I'm, oh, okay, cool. I'm three months for free. Then I'm bailing. I don't like it, but that's just me. John, what do you think of this track? Since you are the fan of this, the, the biggest fan of this album, I think it's okay. Like Ooh. it's not it's not one of my favorite songs on the record. I think it's good, um, but because it's also the the last song on this side before you get to fooling on the next side, I probably skip this song more often than not. <laughs> wow, I'm surprised. I think it's fine. I it's just not one of my favorites, and it's super fucking long. It's a little too long. Oh crap! For you. Yeah. Look, yeah. if you want to tell Rhyme in the Ancient Mariner, that's one thing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's not a bad song. Made. It just need it just it's needs fun. another eight minutes. It, it just kind of limps along. <laughs> like, I don't know why, Colin. Were you looking for a different answer? I don't know. Like, I because I think it's again the story of this of this song is fantastic. It's got a lot of depth to it, a lot of meat to this song. You pay, really pay attention to things, though, Colin. Like. I owned this record since I was 11, and I don't know most of the lyrics because I just never read that. Um, I also own the cassette, which I don't think had the lyrics. But yeah, but it's it, it definitely tackles uh, a lot of the the sort of themes that we might have remembered from like the early 80s about like the Vietnam vets and what we now call PTSD. Um, it has to do, and again, we'll, the, the, those are stories uh, again that are, have to, you know, that the, the, the generation of soldiers who come back from Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, have to deal with like the whole do- the whole idea of like being reintegrated into society. Um, so it's it's an interesting kind of social and political sort of song for for Def Leppard, which, you know, this is not me and my wine at all. Uh, um, so, and, and you can see it kind of fitting in with what they do with like Dogs of War and the next record, Three Years Hence, or uh, or what 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 Springsteen does with Born in the USA, which is a sort of anti-Vietnam War kind of critique of America, the sort of thing you uh, U2 was doing. It, it it fits in with like a lot of the other sort of conscious pop rock that you would have seen in Britain and, and, and America at this time. So. Good, good for them, you know. And and again, it, it's it, not to uh, to think of it as some sort of like back chapter of history. It's still relevant today. Did they, did he ever get? Now I was not old enough to be paying attention to these things. <laughs> uh, but did he get much comparison to like the Brian Johnson approach with the high voice, a little bit scratchy? I wouldn't agree with it. I'm just curious because there weren't a whole lot of folks who sounded like him, and probably Brian yeah. Johnson would be the closest. Not that I remember. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, said, I never really remember Def Leppard being compared with ACDC. So it's, it's, like, it's, 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 that's that's a good question, though, David. It's because, valid. Um, I yeah, I mean, it's like it's that. like the, the the screamy, screechy stuff, which I think I think Joe Elliott does way better. You know, if you were just putting yeah. the two on, like all things being equal, the the kind of riff-driven rock. You know, with the straightforward drums. I mean, on paper, it should be similar. Um, we know it's not, but yeah, kind of when I heard, particularly the earlier on this record, and I was not familiar with Def Leppard prior to this album. You know, I I, I hear this and I go, huh? It's almost like somebody heard that and said, I I bet I could do that a little better. <laughs> and it turns out <laughs> that they were right. Yeah, but I, I, I again, I think the thing that bridges. Um... You know, uh, ACDC and and Def Leppard at this Big point Park's is probably up. is Mutt Lang. Yes. Big Park coming up. There it, it is. Comes. Come on, here those, those guitars. Is Dude, that, that what you're talking about? That is right there. That bad, that's a great riff there in the back. Yep. I got that. And that's what they do well. That's that's kind of right there at the top of the record with, uh, you know, uh, 
rock, rock till you drop. But uh, I, I, it makes makes you wonder, like, uh, what what direction uh, Mutt Lang gave Angus and Malcolm and the rest of the band after Bon Scott's death, like in, in terms of like a singer to select. And you know, Brian Johnson was another British uh, singer, maybe in the mold of someone like a, like a young Joe Elliott. I don't know. There's a research paper for you there, David. Uh, I'm busy. Yeah, this this song really does kind of like drag, and I'm good again. I love deep tracks, and this song is good for every once in a while. But it's easy to just kind of like well, skip. Well, ACDC had flick of the switch come out the same year as this, and they produced that record themselves. They moved away from that lane. Yeah, and we all see what happened. Yeah. yeah. Go Sing back to the one. beginning, David. Let's have Mike do a count into fooling. Okay, we ready? Don't be ready fooling. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, one, two, three. Atmospheric opening to uh, side two of fooling. Here we go. Or Michael's side one. See this. Oh, is it? This is how I would start the Drop record the all the time. Play in your boombox, and you walk away to go back to like play football and you're like did it start did it start turn it up yo man turn it up <laughs> and, and again i'd have to i'd have to say like we were totally you know back in the day like all about the singles we would just like we would ruin like entire d cells just like just get to the fucking singles and this this was a great one because it's the the slow and the quiet and the build the drama and then it unleashes the drums, the guitars, the screeching vocals, and the great harmonies. Again, this, this is, you know, Photograph Johnson's is a great Def Leppard song. This one, I think, is just a touch better. This really? is, it's, 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 it's just, it's because it's just, it's just a sweet song. It's like ready for the radio. You put this alongside like Loverboy or, or Ario Speedwagon. You get the sense like this is just such a well-crafted pop song. Period. It is a really well-written song. It is. It covers everything. You got the fa right? It's like cowbell, cowbell. I remember when I was when I was a kid, or like not a kid, but like playing in bands and stuff, and you'd hear people doing like oohs and ahs and songs, or doing fa 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 fool, and you'd be like, "How do you do that and make it sound good and natural?" And they nail it. And yeah, again, and like this song, and it goes slow again here, a little quiet. Little, listen little, to how much space there is. It's yeah, just do, 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 do you hear the atmospherics of the keyboards provided by? That's a lot of trust, man. That your singer, that could, like everybody's gonna do their job. This is like watching a football game, and you look and you're like, they left the whole that whole section of the field open, and then it turns out everybody's covered, and you just missed it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great yeah. analogy. Yeah, the, the 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 guy that they uh, that they bill as the, the guy who provides the synthesizers and the keyboards is actually Thomas Dolby. So really, yep. get out of here! Hey guys, need coffee. Little fun fact. There you wow. go. Hey, Tommy, please. Tommy, please. With science, today, he blinds you with science. But uh, again, this song this song is mostly you know through, throughout <laughs> the you know, all the courses, great harmonies. And it just it does it again. Thomas Dolby, I'm still laughing. I'm not done laughing about that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like recording rock till you drop. He comes in, he's like, "Hey, you want me to call the cops? <laughs> we'll put you on the record." <laughs> do you play an instrument? <laughs> Why, yes, I do. And now it comes out with the great sort of riffing solo, and it that's just that, builds. That's that Def Leppard break section. And the drums, boom, boom. Yeah. Lots of like space there, a lot of, and it just kind of builds. It's it's, it's just great, great atmosphere. And like you, now you get to hear like a great. I'm gonna just say Steve Clark's steaming Steve Clark solo. I'd have yeah. to go back and watch the video again. See if he has his white pants on. I'll tell you, I have not listened to this record beginning to end since I bought it in 1983. What? Yeah. Really? Probably not even 80. Yeah, it was, it was like the summer of 83. It wasn't when it came out. Not even for preparation for the show? No. No, I list, I put on Rock Rock to the Drop, and I was like, oh, I'll wait. <laughs> Just keep it fresh. Pop my 47-year-old cherry. 
And what what was that like? How's that going? Uh, it was pretty much like it was when I was 11. Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, I need new socks. Your uncle said not to tell anybody about that. <laughs> wow. Whoa, wow. <laughs> Corey's meat sort of child molestation reference. Cool. But again, a, 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 a really perfect song. Come in of the night comes from Colin Bosley. And and, and, a, and a great rockin' video for this one, too. Yep, and confirm Steve Clark has white pants in the video. Absolutely. Thank <laughs> you, They John. all do, except Rick Savage, who has red pants. Yeah, and, and of course, Rick Allen is just wearing the, uh, the Union shorts. Jack shorts. Yeah, <laughs> third most famous cowbell song in the world. And more cowbell for Uten. Three tracks of cowbell. And still not enough. That belt is so lonely right now. Like, I wish I had an arm for me. And I'm just going to make, I will just make Christopher Walken reference. Just throw it in there. (laughs) Yeah, that cowbell got replaced by David Bryan of Bon Jovi. (laughs) (laughs) But but, uh, again, this is the second song that is about rocking for a rock band, for rock listeners. And this is a fucking stadium anthem song it does everything like the band in some ways wants just to kind of like see themselves like can we do a queen song can we do like a stadium anthem and this this is the song here it's it has all the sort of like you know with, you can just imagine you're like clapping along with hands over their heads with this. and uh it just it just kind of has a slow burn that goes with it so it builds all the and again it's almost kind of like the precursor to the horse and sugar on me it's like it builds and it builds and then it gets to the chorus i just want to say you know for point of reference it was 1982 i think that uh grandmaster flash and the furious fly released the message yes <laughs> and uh okay. there's no way that it had no influence over this song um why would well, you say that? Just that, like, rap rock kind of, like, you know. Uh, I, that, that's, that, that's, that's a fair point, but the, the, the vocals are still sort of, like, sung in, in, in a way. But yeah, that, yeah. yeah. But like, they, like, this is where, like, when you get, when you start to get those, like, kind of, like, rap style. Spoken kind spoken of, like, kind yeah. Stuff becomes way more prevalent, and then it becomes even more prevalent in hysteria. Like, there was a lot of give and take in the two styles for years, yeah. you know, obviously, because the rap artists were, like, sampling, what, rock records, right? Oh, for and, sure. Uh, you know, but, I mean, it's it, it's become a lot more influential, and I'm not, I'm not saying it is, but I'm not saying it ain't. But, but, but it's not a really like, well-crafted song. But it's like, I, I like, like, the call and response here in the songs, like, you know, mm-hmm. where there's, like, you know, Joe will, like, sing a little bit, and then the backing vocals of course of like the harmonies are all there and then we, again we got another sort of like growling sort yeah. of ripping solo and oh, it seems like two solos kind of like competing one against the other this record was solely responsible for people saying you betcha outside of wisconsin <laughs> you betcha <laughs> yeah and what's wrong with that uh but, i mean this and, song Orchestration-wise, is is much bigger than a lot of the other songs on the record. Yeah, absolutely. You could feel it kind of building towards. The, this is like the the, the chorus that's going to be part of the bridge here, and uh, it definitely you can feel like the the, the the intensity of the keyboards kind of like bring it a little bit higher. Yeah, the guy who lived across the street from me, who was really into Def Leppard, he had one of those organs that runs on air. Remember those? They were like, Hee! yeah. He had that, and he had a songbook, and in the songbook was a song called "Rock of Ages." Oh, it, that's the, like old, the, the old, yeah, hymn. the old hymn. Yeah, I'm like, dude, "Rock of Ages." He's like, "It's not that one." I'm like, yeah. "Hold on," and I'm like, "Let me play it." Yeah, there's, there's, we should say for people who listen to like the old timey radio that that's it's kind of a pun, and then it just kind of blows off here a little bit. But again, like it's it's hard to beat like "Foolin'" and "Rock of Ages" for like a one-two punch. On side two, third for the Sorry. sound effect. This record, <laughs> I love the, the lighting of the match. I would play oh, that yeah. over and over. And I love like those, those little yeah. 
the, the little, evil the part. little production touches. Here we come to uh, coming under fire, which I like. There's a lot of yeah. drive to this song. It's great. Yeah. Listen, listen to that beat. That is the, the that car- is heavy. Yeah, the guitars are like pushing it, pushing it, and then there's again that that space. In I love a song that opens with a guitar solo. Any song that gives you a solo yep. in the first few measures yep. is a badass song. And Scorpions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Scorpions. yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Fuck yeah, that's that's a trick. Oh. This the song where you go, oh, they do have a bass player. And then, but the, but <laughs> see, so what they've done here is they they reverse the dynamics. They go from like loud to quiet, and it's gonna slow burn a little bit. Joe's actually doing a little quiet singing here. I love it. Surrender to me. Yeah, this is a great song. Fucking oh, yeah. yeah. This is a great song. As this song's going along, I'm like, have I never heard this? Oh, yeah. And then the chorus. Yeah, so, so it's like one of those deep cuts. You're just kind of like, damn. They had like all those hits fooling. Uh, photograph, Rock of Ages, even Rock Rock Till You Drop. This is like right there in the mold. If, if this is like track, what are we saying? Like eight? Man. Yeah, it's like they got, they, got, they got some fucking bullets to spare. And again, it goes back to like what Colin was saying. I know what John was saying too. It's like there is a, there's, there's not a whole lot of dead wood on here. There's not a whole lot of stuff like you just kind of like you regret it like ah oh, shit i bought that genesis record because i wanted to hear that one song where he does the drums and it's like fuck the rest sucks and i think pyromania is an album that bridges a lot of people's collections as well like there's plenty of albums that people will have separately that will say like i can listen to this start to finish that someone else might be like yeah that's that's not my thing but I think Pyromania is one that a lot of different people can point to as a, a real benchmark record. Yeah, and, and and again, I think it has a lot to do with uh, the fact that it got like all over FM radio, it got all over MTV, and, and for people of our age, um, you could pinpoint you know the, the the places you were listening to this record. Uh, for me, it's like seventh grade. Uh, for me, it's like, like I said, like doing homework and you know on my jam box, and just like, almost just kind of like addicted to the music, just kind of like wanting to absorb every sort of note and all the lyrics as, as much as I understood them at that point. But uh, you don't really need a whole lot of sense to understand like the great sort of like riffs and the harmonies and the melodies of, of these songs here. It's Again, it's 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 good stuff. It, 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 oh, the thing is, like when I would go back to like California music uh, there in, Cal, uh, in, in in Gilroy, and then I'd see like, oh, there's two other Def Leppard records, and like one of the friends, that, uh, one of the older brothers of one of my friends, had like uh, uh, on through the night on uh, on uh, vinyl, and I was like. Uh, I don't know, and he, he he played it for us, and I'm like, it was just kind of like it didn't sound like what you wanted it to sound like. You wanted it to sound like a, like a, another Foolin or another uh, yeah. Rock of Ages. Whereas I think High and Dry is closer. It's it, it's a little bit closer, but he, but even then, it it wasn't it didn't really have that sort of like pop appeal. And I think that's that's what was the sort of difference. And and, and even Phil Collin has has said too, like. The, the advances the band made between the first album to the second album to the third album were these just like sort of like really sort of gargantuan leaps. Um, and as we come now into action, not words, uh, this the penultimate song on Pyromania here. Yeah, this and, this is the filler song. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I own this, this I record. Like this I don't think I've ever tried. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those songs where if you went on to like uh, you know one of those dot uh, FMs and you wanted to see like have they ever played this live? And I, I would say probably no, probably not. But this ever. is you know, but this, there was a quote a number of years ago. I think I was online. I was talking about Celtic Frost as I often do, yes. <laughs> and somebody was slamming Cold Lake, and one of the responses that somebody had was, "There's a lot of bands who would love for their." 
for their worst record to be Cold Lake. Right. You know what I mean? They they give their like an arm for that to be their worst. Their record. left flop. You know, <laughs> and I I, I kind of say like this song is only like one director away from having been an action track in a movie. You know what I mean? Like you could have thrown this this in any movie in the '80s, put it on a soundtrack, and it would have been somebody's hit. Um, yeah, for sure. And, if, 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 if like Mutt Lang said, like, "Hey, let's like flip this song. It's like let's let's like let's let's pitch it to like Billy Squire and see what he does with it, and then it or or, or to fucking Kenny Loggins, and it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, then it's." I mean, I'm honest. I'm just saying, if this would have been on a soundtrack, if this would have been on less than zero, it would have people would have listened to it. You know what I mean? And it's and the fact of the matter is, they had four or five hits off this record that they didn't need all ten tracks or whatever to to be hits. Yeah, I I was I was looking at until I got to the next record. No, like every song is a single. Yeah, Yeah. and 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 again, there's some diminishing returns in that too. I think yeah. they they put out like seven singles, but then yeah. again, they were gassed at that point. They had oversaturated the market. Yeah, when their record, what record came out after Hysteria? Hysteria? Uh, Adrenalize. Adrenalize. I didn't know the difference between the records, and that's not necessarily bad, I guess, from a branding standpoint. Oh, Adrenalize sucks. If you would put it really not good. like, hey, that track, I would have been like, I don't know what record that's. Because it was just blur. It was a blur for me after this record. Because at that point, it's just kind of like, hasn't Def Leppard been like on MTV for like the past three five, years, six years? Five, yeah. It's like, shit, I'm done I mean, with that. I was, I was looking. I was looking up production notes on this. There were set. There's, there's production details that on some of these tracks, there's like forty or more vocal parts. Yeah. Like forty iterations of the same line and all crunched down to like two track machines i mean that's that's, that's a lot that's, of i mean that's that's the producer that's that's mutt lang you know that's his thing walls of sound and all that does, stuff does, does that explain like why you know joe elliott often most of the time sounds really bad live because <laughs> because because you, you because you can't compare with that if you're if you're getting like you know tracked like 40 times you know, it's it's it, it, it's almost kind of weird. Like you're just basically you're like auto tuned. Well, you know, the other thing was that where did I just read that? Is that it was usually Mutt and Rick Savage doing the lines for the backup vocal parts. And now we come to the album closer. Billy's got yes. a gun. A, a little kind of like a menacing song with a cool sort of like groove to it. I gotta say, like I always love this. I was a little, little dark, a little sort of eerie. So what? So can you guess my favorite part of this song when I was a kid? Hey Billy, what you gonna do with that gun? Yeah. <laughs> it's the, the weird bang bang part. Okay. Oh, at bang, the end. Bang. Yeah. Bang bang bang. Because that answers all the questions, I guess. Yeah. I still want to give a little more love to Action Not Words. I like that song. I like the I like the way it's sung. It's pretty cool. We talked right through that. Yeah, I know. I didn't get a chance to say anything. But I mean, I think it, it's clearly a good record, and and the fact that their their quote filler stuff is still pretty it would have it would have been somebody's hit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they didn't need it. This, again, this, this, this is a tight song, though, and it's a, it's a good sort of atmospheric album closer. And you can hear, like, again, like all those little touches, like the little bat screeching sounds there. Kind of just, again, this song with um, uh, the, other, the other one that we were talking about, the other ballad song that I would say, uh, Too Late for Love, you know, like... It, it got a little sort of Eagles vibe to them. It's like it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. and we do like we want to like do a little atmospheric sort of you know Hotel California style shit, but with a lot more electronic instrumentation, a lot more slick production. They've got, but, I mean, they've got a lot going on. They've got you know they've got guitar players who are not just doing riffs or just doing power chords you know they've got some triads and some some melodic movement here and there that's not 
the typical two guitar setup, which is nice. You know, I'm I'm looking at this and I'm trying to make a case for this for this record being a little bit of a palindrome. You know, in the sense that it starts very much the way it stops. You know, Billy's got a gun and rock rock till you drop. With the better stuff being in the middle. You know, kind of like from Too Late to Love up until The Rock of Ages is kind of like the meatiest part of the records. Um, I think it's easier to see it that way if you listen to it streaming. You know, if you got to stop and flip the record or flip the tape, it's yeah. not as easy. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, this, you know, this is like the, it, it, it's a good letdown. It's like it, it comes and it just it, this is again, it's it, it, it's a good narrative and it, 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 it sort of like has a sort of like story it wants to tell and that the guitars and the vocals are like making it happen it's again it was like one of those chilling songs just to like listen to over and over again it's like yeah. what the fuck did billy do to get in this situation <laughs> it what, sounds like going a couple on, billy? different songs I, I guess it's the time changes in it but like it's a long i mean it's almost six minutes long and and it really does go through some movements i yeah. like this song it's yeah, kinda, it's, it's, kinda, lot, it's kinda it's kinda epic in, in that way. It's kinda like this is like a thought piece. It's like yeah. we're gonna talk about Billy and Billy's situation here. Uh, I, I'll have to I'll have to dig it up. I wanna say it was in something like it was something like East Coast Rocker or or one of like not an industry magazine, but like not Hit Parader. You know what I mean? Right. And they were talking about how making records changed when cassette players became auto flip right so that you oh, get okay. to the end of the cassette and it would flip it for you not so oh, much the, from the, side the, one to the, side the, two auto reverse yeah there yeah, you go but from the end of side two back to side one right and i don't know if i don't remember the era of all this but you know you I, can I, imagine I had, a, I had a tape deck that did that in my car yeah but I mean, you could imagine if you bought this and they knew that you bought this and they knew that you had auto reverse, they might arrange the songs differently. And that was what the article was about. Like, if your tape is going to flip at the end of side two, you might have a different last song. Absolutely. And I think, yeah. and I think this song goes really well into Rock Rock Till You Drop. A, a buddy of mine and I, when we used to make mixes, he, a rule he always had was... If you're if you're on your deck, if you're hanging out and party or whatever, as soon as it flips over, you're right. That last song better go right back into the beginning of that mix. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've and, never and, I've never stopped thinking that way. No, and, and again, I think we we talked about that too a little bit. We were talking about like how the Kiss uh, Black Diamond drones on, on at the end. David, bang yeah. bag. That's it. <laughs> live for it. I live for it. All right. So that concludes uh, our our. The listening. Wait a second. No, there's a little sort no, of like still, instru- still like a full minute. <laughs> it, uh-huh, it, instrumental yeah. garbage thought, that's thrown at the Skid end. Row, you thought Skit Row took a while to fade. This this song's got a solid 38 more seconds, dude. So there there must be some production explanation for this. Um, this is where they're trying to convert you to it being a a Satanist. Are they trying to like even out the you know the sides of, of the of the wax? I don't know. This, but it's, it is kind of cool in a sort of industrial kind of way. It, I, it, it, I don't see what it adds to Billy's narrative. What, what he was going to do with the gun? Why he had a gun? This is probably the soundtrack that went with the video that never got made. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it, it's certainly a, an epic record. Uh, pyromania and now that concludes our listening party and you know chatter fest about Def Leppard's pyromania I gotta say man I, I I am not too proud to admit when I'm wrong that's a better record than I remember it okay I listened to a, a lot you when I was a kid first I listened to it a lot when I was a kid Mostly because that was one of the only records I had, but also my friends listened to it, and I haven't listened to a whole lot of it in the last thirty some years. Hmm, that's a it's, shame that you just you just kind of like put it on a shelf a little bit. Yeah, well, it, it's like you know, it's like I said, man, it's like when Hysteria came out, but I was just overdone. You know, it was like yeah. it was no. too much. I was an, I was a homebody MTV kid. 
and got beat over the head with with this kind of stuff. So, you know, some of it just I was embittered by the uh, by the radio play and the airplay. But nice. But no, I mean, I, I'll admit I'll admit here to, to, to God and the world. Steve and Steve <laughs> Clark. Better than I remember it. He's, I don't know why he's steaming. He, I think it's, it has he, to do with the white pants. Might be the white pants. Also, Joe Elliott with white pants. But uh, no, it's it, it's 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 it, again. I think it's you know there's there's something to be said like uh, how at, at, if at the wrong time you know you just someone you know like a band like Def Leppard if you're like if it's like eighty seven or so it's like there's just so much Def Leppard saturation. Um, you know, if it goes on further, 88, 89, no one's going back and like, Hey, I'm going to check out high and dry. Just nobody. No, well, but again, but, but, but like 89, I, I, again, I just speaking from my own experience, like the thing you want to do is like, you want to discover like new music. You don't want to like, Hey, you guys want to listen to budgie. You guys want to go back and like, listen to like caress of steel, no, nobody wants to do that shit. You just want to like. <laughs> I like how you speak for yourself, but then say nobody. <laughs> I, like, I statements. Michael. I know, but but again, they're like they're great records and all, but like in terms of like the, the you know the, the the whole point of like in some ways of like getting into music is like being on the cutting edge of like what what is new, what's cool, you know. Granted, you know, uh, when when I was like there in seventh grade. Uh, you know, on the, you know, the, the, the dirt side of the railroad tracks, you know, this, this sort of record like Def Leppard or Quiet Riot or Rat or uh, Speak of the Devil, that's like the soundtrack. But there were dudes who were wearing Grateful Dead shirts and Deep Purple shirts and like old Black Sabbath shirts. And I think mostly because of the imagery the Grateful Dead was because they had like a skeleton with like a, a crown of roses. But, uh, you know, they were into like bands that were uh, probably what we'll get into with our 1982 episode is like things were a lot more sort of diverse. Like, you know, what what was metal and, and, and the whole idea like that only metal was cool was like it had not yet been invented. It hadn't been codified so that you could still listen to like deep purple or old Sabbath, or you could listen to like the almond brothers or grateful dead because it was more of a sort of like, it was more about lifestyle and it was more about like, you know, what, what, what the rock FM, uh, program was it's like, you could listen to Billy Squire. You could listen to Aldo Nova. It's, it's more like, <laughs> again, it, 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 it's like, a, or you could listen to some Tom, uh, Isn't there a know, video where he like shot lasers out of his guitar. Oh fuck yeah! And he's wearing like a leopard printed suit. It's just, it's too it's much. It's too much. But life is like a fantasy, and you know, I'm, I'm looking up. I'm world. looking up. I'm trying to look up pictures of Def Leppard, and dang it, it does Phil Collin wear shirts? No, he no. hates shirts. No, dude. dude. If, and, and if that, if that <laughs> when was your I'm body, all, if that when was your I'm body, like seventy five years old, no, I'm going to be as fit as Phil Collin. <laughs> Yeah, the, you the, wish. The dude is a ripped monster. He is like, how old is he, dude? He's I just put 80. that picture in the chat. I, I know that four years ago. Yeah. Oh, that's the, your picture. But he was eighty. That the, bottom the, picture. The, the yeah. dude is a beast. He's a beast. Yeah, you know, but he's probably what is he like five feet tall? Nice picture. What? What you got? Nice. What, he's compensated for something, but it's like he's I'm fit. Just saying, like for like a small dude to be fit is different from a big dude to be fit. Yeah, but he's not like he's not. He, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. He, sorry, okay. he didn't die of heroin. Yeah, you know? Look, if he didn't you're die. Seventy-two like, years old, and not tall enough to go on Space Mountain. You're going to work out. You know? <laughs> but look, he's he's a lot more. He's a lot. Hello? He's a lot. He's a lot taller than uh, Steve and Steve Clark these days. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Wow. What, whatever happened to Rick? Rick Willis. Wow. Rick Willis. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. <laughs> Why? The glue fest. <laughs> We'd like but, Joe Elliott coming by. <laughs> uh, David's like trying to take the piss out of Phil Collins. It's like Phil Collins great, no, no, you, and you have to great. You got, taking the piss out of Rick, out of Rick Allen and his cowbell. Oh no! no take 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 the piss take the piss out of his like mounted on that side. He's got like <laughs> a poodle. Just, he's always had like the really bad poodle cut too. 
do 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 good. <laughs> the, he, he he may as well just play the bass with like one <sighs> one string, just one string bass. That'd be cool. It would save I, the band I, some money. I like you, Def Leppard. All of you, you're awesome. Don't what's, listen to them. His name uh, Savage. Rick, Rick Savage. Savage. Yep. Guess yeah. we'll he, see you guys in 2021. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, they haven't canceled the the stadium tour yet. They are. They're the they're the unsung heroes of this band, man. Because there ain't nobody singing and playing solos and stuff outside of these two guys who do not mind completely being out of the the spotlight. Yeah, because well, and that, and that's literally like on the one and four, or on the one like uh, four on the floor style drums, and the bass is just there. And I say that with great respect because any other play bass player me included be like hey dude this is where i riff right but <laughs> no, don't just get into back. my riff just lay back and be cool and be like all right quit and then they're, <laughs> and they're famous and i'm like you know serving water ice in wilmington delaware yeah but 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 colin colin was from um he was from sheffield too but he was in another band he was in a band with girl. phil lewis girl uh, Which Phil is Lewis, very good stuff, by the way. It, no, absolutely, really great stuff. And, but again, if you if you go and listen to it, you'll hear like some L.A. Gun songs there. Um, but you'll hear it kind of like revved up in a sort of like um, kind of like mod pop style, some somewhere between like uh, like Cars and Dexy's Midnight Runners, and just it, again, it's it's a it's Don't a little different. Dexy's Midnight Runners now. They got a little different fuel in the tank, but they're great songs. So, like when Phil like started to fill in for uh, Pete Willis, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna name him correctly. Um, you know, part of the thing that he was into is like I play guitar, but I also sing. So, like the whole idea that he would be contributing oh, like oh, vocals oh. to Pyromania when he shows up seems to be like appropriate. And again, like that's when you see them today. You know him and Savage and who uh, who's who's the guitarist now? Is that Vivian Campbell? It's Vivian Campbell, yeah, yeah. So like all those guys are like they're backing up Joe Elliott's really. You know, Joe Elliott's like ruined his voice over the past forty years, and that's that's just you know that's an occupational he gets hazard. A lot of technological help live yeah. these days. Well, he should, yeah. but yeah. you know, so does Cher, so does Streisand. Sure. You know that's that's how that goes, and yeah, shit. So does like Lady Gaga, Paul Stanley, everybody, Ozzy. You know, and I don't want them to sound bad. I don't, I don't go to a show to like <laughs> people suck ass. I, I I want the auto tunes. I want like all the backing tracks. Yeah, can you imagine? It's like Kiss, two nights only. The second night, no help. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'd go. <laughs> You'd be singing along. And be like, hey, come on up here. Oh God, dude! Yeah. I've listened to Naked City like fifty times this week. iPod right now. What's that? Naked City. What? What? what, what yeah. Did you do to the I, I don't know. I tripped and fell into a landmine called Unmasked, which I don't like that album. But that song, Naked City, is great. I'll have to listen to it tomorrow. Oh, it's so good. It's what is the other? name. There's nothing else good on Unmasked. There's um, nothing good on Unmasked. Nice uh, listening party. It could sit. Stop. <laughs> Little bonus episode to the episode. Love, love makes the world go round. That's another great nope. track on that. No, nope. Andy's on there. Is that nope. you? Is that you? On the, with your long black coat or something? Is uh, that she's you? so European. She's so nope. European. What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's got like the rip off you, shirt. You know what it means. Peter uh, Chris knows. Let me rock you. Part in this song. So it, so it was like I went to the Northridge Mall, uh, like in January, back in like what 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 year would this be? Like shit, eighty five six, and I got two records. I got uh, Anthrax, Among the Living, and Unmasked by Kiss. That's a splurge for me back then. I had like a lot of Christmas birthday money. That, maybe that's 80, that must be 80, 86, 87 or so. But uh, yeah, so like putting those two records together, unmasked, <laughs> spreading the disease. 
man. It's a bad mix. <laughs> oh, I, but it, 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 <laughs> it, 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 it all went down. It, it all got filtered out just right. I love both of those records so much, but they, you know, it was it, it was like one of those lost Kiss records for me, like that I had never heard, never saw at a library. Nobody owned a copy that I could borrow. So when I first threw it on, it's like, "Is that you?" It's like, "What the fuck is this?" I kind of like it. <laughs> Man, it, that's that's so here's, a, it's a here's weird... my here's my Naked City guess is that this used to be called something else, and they changed the title. This is up there with, like, Rip and Destroy or whatever. Rip and Destroy? Yeah. That w- What was Rip and Destroy? Out of Hell was originally called Rip and Destroy. Wow. And they're like, I, I like that way. chord progression. How does like, that... It just sounds like five other songs. Yeah, I like Gene's echoey 80s. I bet you this vocals. song was a song that didn't make The Elder. I guarantee you. You're uh, absolutely right. Yeah, this yeah. is a song from The Elder. They're like, well, what about Naked City? They're like, well, it's That's set... In, probably it's set, why I like it. It's set in another land. There are no cities, and no one's naked. Jesus. They're like, well... Drop <laughs> it. Yeah. They yeah, should but, retool this for Dune. This this has, like, every everything about this song screams The Elder. It's so good. But Naked, Naked City was sort of like an established sort of reference. So I just sent that up there to you guys. After the bonus track that you got of Naked City from Kiss, just because we had to work Kiss into an episode. Uh, thank you for joining us on our listening party for Def Leppard's Pyromania with Colin Bosler, Michael Stamps, David Timoney, and myself, John Harden. We thank you for listening. And we'll be back next time with the music of 1982. Ooten, gleaten, glotten, globin'.